and I just learned the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. Uh, welcome to My Alchemical Bromance. I'm Eric Arneson. I'm Matt Anthony. And we are at Puckerfest. Yes. Yes, this is exciting. We are at uh, Belmont Station. It's my which, first time here. Yeah, this is like a classic. This is this place is a Portland classic, and every year they do this event called Puckerfest where um, for about a week or maybe two weeks, uh, every day they have a bunch of weird sour beers on. And there are so many sour beers on that Matt and I... We're looking at the front page of the menu and trying to figure out who's going to order what. And then Matt was like, hey, what's in the firkin? And the guy's like, oh, that's on the back. And we're both like, there's a the back side? So we're mostly drinking front side beers. Um, and I do want to talk about it. I want to drink beer now. Okay. I'm super excited about this. Okay. This is, I'm drinking the Preem Brett IPA. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. What do you have? I'm drinking the, the Freem Bus Besson. Bos Besson. I wonder what that means. Blueberry? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, this this smells like an IPA, but it smells like a fruit beer. Ooh. Oh, my God. This is so good. How's yours? Really good as well. Oh. Cream is one of those breweries that just doesn't screw up. I agree. Like this thing, I would never peg it as an IPA. I don't even know. I got it. I got it. Which one is yours again? The, I got oh, the, the bread IPA. IPA. Oh, man. That's really good. Um, there's, um, I mean, the first thing I want to talk about, I think, is kind of like the yeast and malt together in the background are kind of like very well-rounded, smooth, and yummy. I, I still, I don't get a whole lot of hops, or the hops, like the, the hop flavor, I think, meshes really well with the sourness. Huh. Neither of them are overpowering. You gotta try it. Just totally. Horse blanket. Horse That's really nice. Reminds me a lot of um, oh, I can't remember the. There's a beer at Holy Mountain that reminds me a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I dig it. I was telling you earlier, I had my first sour IPA this weekend. And it was really good too. I can't remember who made it. And now you're having your second. Well, that's not sour. That's funky. Well, I mean, Brett makes because some... Brett is funk. Brett okay. is not sour. So Brett's sour is funk. Yeah. And sour is lactobacillus. Yeah. Bacteria sour. Yeast is funky. Funky. Okay. Okay. I feel like it makes it a can little... get tart. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. That's true. I guess it's not tart. It's it's a little. It's just got like a little sour. Mm -hmm. It's funk. It's the funk. Funk. My favorite flavor is funk. <laughs> yeah, I get a little uh, pedantic. The right word when it comes to the this, the difference between a, a real sour and a Brett beer. I think that when we're getting super nerdy on beer that uh, you owe it to our listeners to be as pedantic as possible. 
Um, I retired most of my beer pedantry, so I don't think that's true. I know that it's <laughs> I know that it's lurking in there. You're like a it's like you're like a werewolf of beer pedantry. You're a were pedant. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It was> loose. <laughs> this so, is really good. This uh, the boss besson. Boss besson. And it, the description's dead on. It says uh, blueberries, lambic, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it talks about tobacco, and that I definitely get a lot of tobacco really? in the finish. Can I have it yeah. taste? Let's see. Not up front, but the tobacco is on the... This thing is pretty. It's got the mm -hmm. blueberry beer color to it, which if you haven't had a blueberry beer before... It's not it's, blue or purple. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a rose, or mm -hmm. no, magenta? I don't know. It's not... I'm just going to drink. Let me get out my Pantone chart while you drink. Match the color. That's... Do you get the tobacco in the end? The more it sits and dries, evaporates off your tongue. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, that kind of metallic bitterness mm? taste. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's more like pipe tobacco, not. Yeah, for sure. That is a damn fine, refreshing beer. Mm -hmm. Like it tastes, it tastes like summer in Oregon. <laughs> not like summer in Washington. Summer in Washington. What does summer in Washington taste like? A little mildewy. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's really good. Uh, okay. okay. Now that we've quenched our thirst a little bit, we, uh, we're we going to draw a tarot card mm -hmm. and not look at it. Right. Um, I have to shuffle my deck really well because yesterday okay. I wrote an article about the Eight of Wands, which you guys can all find on the Arnamancy website if you really feel like it. Um, and as a result, there's a lot of eights and wands that went into that card deck. So. Mm. Yeah, the idea is that we draw a card at the beginning of this episode, mm -hmm. like Eric said, not look at it, and at the end, we'll look at it, it's, analyze it, and see if it was relevant to yeah. the conversation. Yeah, and this is, I'm going to use my Rider Weight deck, which is my carry along deck that I have with me all the time um, that I use constantly. Uh, so, if there's any deck that knows me, it's this one, because it's covered with my funk. <laughs> Basically, this deck and I share a biome. <laughs> you want to touch it? <laughs> it needs, it's going to need a lot of shuffling. I wonder if we could capture uh, some yeast off your deck and make a beer with it. Oh, the weirdest beer ever? Yeah. Can we call it the weirdest beer ever? Yeah, we can. <laughs> it doesn't ferment. Was it, was it a Rogue that made the beard beer? Oh, yeah. Some years yeah, ago? Yeah. What are you going to try next? My next one is the Freem Abricou? Uh, fresh apricots. Uh, Abricos. That's uh, Dutch. Oh. It's a uh, apricot lambic. I gotta finish this first though. I'm a little right. OCD. I have to oh, finish man. my beer before I move this on. This harkens to the next. back to our second episode when when we discovered that Matt has a problem with taster trays. Yes. <laughs> I don't like to mix. I want to experience the full thing because that's always been my gripe too with a lot of beer tastings and bottle shares that I would go to is that uh -huh. you get these one ounce pours and people will make a determination on a beer based off of a one ounce. How do you do taste. that? Well, that's my thing. You can't. I don't think you can. I think you need to have you know, at least the full four ounces and not intermingle other beers to really get a feel for what the beer's like. Yeah. It's like the whole uh, Pepsi Challenge thing in the 80s where 
there are all those commercials about, oh, people prefer Pepsi in this taste test. What they found is that people actually preferred one or two sips of Pepsi, but if you had them drink an entire serving, that they actually preferred Coke instead. Okay, cut the deck. Cut it uh, twice. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that looks good. That looks like a good card. Uh, it's dented. I feel like I should know what this card is already. <laughs> I'm going to draw it, and I'm going to put it right here. All right. And it's going to sit between us, and it's just going to lurk. It's just going to lurk. The lurking card. Lurking card. Um, okay, all right. Beer two. It's got a really nice earthy nose. Oh, that's the ab abricos that you're doing. Abricos. Almost patchouli-like? Yeah. And it's earthiness? Any thoughts? Bewilderment. Bewilderment. <laughs> uh, well, I'm returning to an old friend, the uh, Double Mountain Rainier Creek. Uh, Double Mountain is from Hood River, and um, they do this creek every year. This is the 2013 variety, which means I think I've had, I probably had this before. Um, it smells cool, like when you get it into your nose, it has like a cooling effect, and Sour. That's a sour beer. <laughs> oh, oh, that's sour. It puts like, um, still there's definitely a pucker to it, and it, it you, you get the, that sort of like sour feeling in your jaw. Yeah. Your jaw's like, you did something wrong. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, very tart. Very, it's hard to taste stuff through the tartness sometimes. I still don't know what I think of this one. The apricot's not super forward. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get us some water okay. for our palates. Cool. And we're back. Um, so, did you make any uh, more decisions about your uh, abricots? I didn't. It's not that I dislike the beer, but I'm just not really. Uh, things are getting kind of lost for me. Can I try it? Yeah. Here, you should give this. Uh, oh yeah, the creek. The creek. Well, that that has a, a lot of go stuff going on in its mm -hmm. nose, and it's a weird little cloudy beer that's sort of the color of banana mush. Mm -hmm. It's weird to see this color on, on a creek too. Oh boy, that thing is just even more sour. I didn't think it was as sour as the first one. Well, then maybe it's got other stuff going on in yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's... I think I taste banana and maybe some peachy flavors. Oh, wait. It's an apricot. What do apricots taste like? Peaches? <laughs> um, but there's definitely some... Uh, there's some bread and mm -hmm. pedio and... It's wineish almost mm -hmm. in there. Like You don't get a lot of apricot. No. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, not a bad beer, but not probably not one I'd get again. 
It makes the creek taste way less sour. And now that I'm drinking the creek again, there's like this nice cherry flavor that's coming through. Like my my sour palate is a little uh, uh, primed, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I got it. You know, the, the, this when the sour beer craze hit a couple years ago, I got into it just like everybody else. But um, I didn't really stick with it. I, I soon thereafter decided that I was going to hop on the IPA craze that I had never gotten, been a part of. I, I really skipped over IPAs. Same here. Like, I hated IPAs. Oh, man, I That's love them I now. moved here, what, two years ago? Yeah, I yeah. started drinking them. I love them now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the thing about them is the, I don't love just chugging them, though. No. You got it like a good IPA. Um, I suppose something like a really good meal with a lot of fat in it. Oh some yeah, really something that the IPA can just sort of cut through yeah. with all of the because it's got just the right amount of booze, just the right amount of hops mm-hmm. in it that just really yeah. Um, but we're not talking about IPAs today. No. Um, you been hiking? Have you been meditarianizing? Not a lot, honestly. Like, um, so I started yoga last month. I've been oh, right, yeah, we talked the, about that. I, the, doing the, that. I got the picture of Barley the Witch Dog yeah. doing, doing yoga. Doing that three or four, three to five times a week. And But I, this week, actually Sunday, I did go on a little hike. It was kind of lame. It was you know, maybe easy to moderate. Yeah. It wasn't one of those epic cool hikes that I like to do. Mm-hmm. But I was worried if I still had my uh, stamina, so I started hitting my training trail Monday. Yeah. Still good. So planning a big hike, probably Sunday. I am, you know, I'm, I have some periods of extreme laziness, uh, and I would say that don't worry too much about the stamina. You're going to, you're going to suffer a little bit more, but it makes the end result even better. Oh, yeah. Um, well, thankfully, from what I've trained the last three days, no yeah. issues with losing the stamina, so. Cool. Good That's thing. good. Yeah. I am excited about this beer, the Free and Pesh. Is that your next one? It's got a really big tobacco nose, too. Oh, my too. God. That one sounds amazing. I should have gotten that. Smell it. Smell like tobacco. Mm. Okay, my next one is the Freem Flanders Red. Oh. I used to love... I used to drink so much of the uh, of Rodenbach. Mm-hmm. I love, love Rodenbach. Flanders Reds. They're really tasty. But they are on the sour side. Have I given you my Oud Red Pond? Uh, this sounds really familiar. It's the uh, uh, Flanders Red. That you made? I made... I think I still have two bottles left. I think we need to have a... We need to have our... Uh, my Alchemical Bromance Mini it's, Conference. It's almost ten years old. Oh, so it's probably... It's a true gonna, mood, like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious where how it's drinking now. I know it was still drinking well three years ago, when last I had it, but... This thing smells red. Does the color red have a smell? <laughs> Yes. Mmm. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh. Oh, this is nice. This is way milder than the last one. And super, super weird. I get a ton of cherry flavor out of this. Nice. But I think it must just be, I mean, the Pinot, the Pinot notes. Is it that cinnamon yeah, cherry flavor? Yeah, I think so. Like the Pinot notes are really strong. A lot of like oaky wine flavors that kind of linger on the edge of the palate, and a huge, beautiful, a little bit. But I mean, probably like the most noticeable thing in this beer is like this beautiful, really bright 
sweetness right up front. Here, you try nice. this thing. This is like this is my favorite so far. This is the peche is my favorite so far. It's the peach is super up front, but it's mm -hmm. not sweet at all. Not in a cloying sweet like you'd expect in a peach beer. Oh, that is great on like the fizziness. That's got an awesome mm -hmm. mouth feel. This one you have is really good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, so maybe Freem didn't do such a great job on the Abracos, but their, their other stuff, they always knock it out of the park. Mm -hmm. I, we should figure out where they are and go visit them. Yes, we should. We could probably do it today. They're probably in Hood River like everyone else. Damn you, Hood River. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to check real quick because okay. I don't want to know. Because if they are in town, then we'll do a part two. Yeah. <laughs> And for those that don't live up here in the Northwest and are fortunate enough to have Freem, it's a really odd spelling that a yeah, lot of people have trouble with. Yeah, a P and a big F. Yeah, Hood River. Freem. Fuck that. <laughs> Everything's... We need to do an episode in Hood River. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a four-part episode in Hood River. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last part will be after we bail ourselves out of the drunk yes. tank. Do <laughs> <laughs> all there. There's, I know there's a ton of breweries, but... Um, uh, there's Preem, Full Sail, and Double Mountain right in town, I guess. Oh, and then right across the river in Washington, there's Everybody's, I think. Everybody's Brewery. Backcountry. Backcountry, I think, is out there, too. Yeah. Um, they've also got a couple of wineries. I mean, there's and it's it's a neat place. Mm. It's also where Y East is located. A big uh, yeast company yeah? for brewing. Yeah. I thought they were in Portland. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Maybe. There is a yeast company in Portland. Uh, can't remember what they're called. Mm. It's like Crown or Royal or something like Royal Crown. RC Cola. Not not Crown Royal. No. Oh, <laughs> Royal Crown. Called. Yeah, well, I used to some Hood River. <laughs> that kind of. I was wondering, like people who drink um, uh, Crown and Coke, if you get a Crown Royale with Royal Crown Cola, what happens? Wouldn't a Crown Royale just be a Crown and Coke with mayonnaise? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I'm lagging way behind you. As we can tell from your jokes, you're drinking way faster than I am. <laughs> I'm just excited about these beers. We don't have a lot of people making sour beers in Washington. So we've got Engine House 9, which I was just telling you about mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. And, um... Yeah, there's not that many. So your last is the Freem Out of Pink. Yes. And my last one is on the other side of the page. It is the Nectar Creek Mango Sour Mead. From a firkin. The description makes oh, no, me no. not want to drink it. Uh, I just got really excited about the mead part. I used to make mead. It's the only thing I've ever been successful at making that, <laughs> that was a beverage. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> I gotta smell this for a minute. Oh, what am I drinking? <laughs> um. Wow. It's sour. It's got. It. Uh, there's coconut in this. There's toasted coconut in this. There's. Like, it's really 
almost overpowering that coconut flavor. Huh. The mango is coming through a little bit, but you know, in fact, there's a lot of sort of mango sour notes around the edge. It's not sour like the other ones. This is a bizarre thing. Every time I exhale now, I feel like I'm smoking a coconut cigar. <laughs> I'm just smoking one on the way over. Uh, coconut cigar. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what to think about this one either, the Oud Creek. It's, um, I don't know if it's something from the cherries or if it actually, it kind of has like a, an atollicized, atollicized taste to it. You have to try this guy. I, I don't know what to think about it. Try this one. I don't, yeah, I... What's the Oud Creek, right? I think it sat on the leaves a little too long. Or my palate's off. Look at that. Uh, that's probably not the case. You get that rubbery sulfur. Yeah, but at the same time, mm, it also has considered it. Mmm. I don't know. I would drink it. Yeah. But there is kind of a, yeah, there's an aftertaste. Yeah, if beer sits in a tank or in a vessel too long, especially a large amount, mm -hmm. you get a lot of hydrostatic pressure or just the volume of the beer on top of the yeast and mm -hmm. it sits for too long, the dead yeast cells start to rupture. It's called autolysis and it creates this oh, rubbery... Right. Type flavor. Okay. That's what I'm getting on that. Hmm. But like I said, it could be something in the cherries. But they... and that's why you take the yeast out of the beer for the next for the mm -hmm. fermentation. Okay. That's why racking is important. Mm -hmm. oh. On on the homebrewing level, it's not really like a lot of homebrewers freak out. Like, oh, you have to like, you're not going to experience those pressures at the homebrew scale. But okay. But that, I I I, didn't, I really didn't know that. I mean, I had heard the term autolysis before, I just didn't really know what it was about. Well, the reason I was asking about your hiking is, um, when we did the Chuck Denning interview, uh, at the end when Chuck asked us, like, what our next steps were, you were really talking about, like, the feeling that you get when you're sort of, like, reconnecting with nature. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, because I get that feeling too, maybe not as, um, maybe not as extreme as you, since I since I grew up here and mm -hmm. have been around it a lot, but um, since living in the city, because uh, I've been in Portland for like six and a half years now, uh, without a car, I crave it so much. And I really only get out for like hiking outside of the city or camping outside of the city or even like staying out in nature at my parents' house out in the creek, uh, out in the Deschutes. It's, it happens like less than 10 times a year and every time I go out there I'm like oh my god I forgot how this feels oh my god I forgot about what this is like I forgot about like what it's like to be in nature and what it's like to be in you know in my you know you, you feel better it feels better yeah it, and you get a little bit like being in a park but it's still not the same no. like you don't even need to be exhausted in nature just hmm. you know um my dad for instance he's got this morning ritual he uh he wakes up before everybody else um, and when we're out, uh, it, when we're out camping, and even now, like now that they've got their place on the Deschutes River, wakes up for everybody else, uh, makes his coffee, and he goes out and he sits by the river, all nice. alone, 
I don't even think he takes a book. I think he just goes out there and he sits and he watches stuff. Uh, and it always seemed to me like just a weird dad thing. Like, I'm like, why? My dad's weird. This is the thing he does. But uh, it's beautiful. Like it is so wonderful. The you know the crisp morning air, the being away from like buildings, and I I, I miss it so much. Mm. And I have been jealous of your answer to Chuck ever since you gave it. And I so I just wanted to know like how are you? I mean, you kind of get a you must get a good dose of that on your property too because you're yeah that's out. what I said that's I have that benefit of our yeah. yard is it's fairly large we've got a ton of really giant trees we've you're got right next to the water you're like a half yeah. block away so I get that experience daily not to the extreme level I would on a really cool hike but mm-hmm. yeah I have that presence every day like two or three times a day I'm out in the hammock under like our three largest trees mm-hmm. yeah, I see I the like pictures I'm, on Instagram all oh, the time. Yeah. Just pretty much hammock feed at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's uh, Matt is a lazy asshole in a hammock. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I do love it and I, that I have that connection right in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So even when I don't have, um, I can't get away and do the big hikes like I want to, I still have that. And honestly, this time of year, this is going to sound kind of jerkish, but there are too many people out on the really cool trails right now mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't know trail etiquette yeah and it, it i let it take me out of the headspace i need to be in when i go out there because mm-hmm. never fails people with giant bags of doritos bluetooth speakers playing music loud on the trails yeah, yeah. smoking i i just i wish that there was a better way to teach people trail etiquette. I don't know how you get people to pay attention to that sort of stuff, but, like, I mean, for me, my dad taught me when I was a kid, so it was hammered into me, Hmm. you know. That's why I enjoyed hiking this winter, because no one wants to go out when it's cold, so the trails Mm -hmm. are empty, I had them to myself. I don't mind sharing the trails with people, as long as they understand trail etiquette. Oh, yeah, same here. But whenever it's part of your practice, and what Mm -hmm. you're going out there for, to have those... You don't want the removal, you don't want the distraction to, like, snap you out of your uh, reverie. Your yeah. communion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are so sour. <laughs> <laughs> when I first got into sours, sours are what I was always into beer and I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to do the brewery. But when I had my first sour, which was uh, Duchess de Bourgogne. 2006 oh or man seven? that's a tough one to start with that was my first I, that blew my mind that was the paradigm shift for me because it was like this this is beer beer can be this oh my gosh so i <laughs> craving sours but in oklahoma that was the only sour right, had right. At the time it was probably most of the country there weren't a lot of sours other than we had a lot out here right you got russian river was cascade around at that time um i'm trying to remember um like when i first started getting into beer when I first started getting into beer, it was because Belgians started to be available. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there were sours. Yeah, I would constantly drive to Dallas uh-huh. to mule Belgian beers back, Belgians and sours. But I want to say this must have been 2006, 2007, probably. Well, in 2006, mm-hmm. I went to the Netherlands mm-hmm. and had, and, and I went to Belgium and I had stuff there. But I wasn't super, I mean, I was beer nerdy, but. Um, my friends that I was visiting with, one of them didn't drink, mm-hmm. so we didn't. I didn't take a beer vacation. I didn't go for a beer vacation. Uh, instead, it was like a weird esoteric vacation where we did. We I saw so many weird, crazy things. Um, 
but I don't remember getting a lot of exposure to sours. I was really into um, Abbey-style beers. Oh, yeah. So uh, any of the Trappist stuff. Um, there's a, a beer bar in Amsterdam called uh, Het Arends Nest, um, which uh, is all Belgian beer, or all Dutch beers. And they have something like a thousand different Dutch beers available there, oh. which is astounding considering the size of the Netherlands. Yeah. The Netherlands is tiny. Um, and a lot of really fascinating stuff. Uh, but I, didn't, I wasn't super into sours. I got so into them that I had to take a break for a while because I remember I went to the... <laughs> you were getting beer ulcers? <laughs> oh, almost. Yeah. Because I, I was going to... A, like. The first time this happened, I was at the Craft Brewers, Craft Brewers Conference in San Francisco in uh-huh. 2011. Went out with a bunch of uh, other brewers. And we went to, I can't remember, it was yeah, this really cool Belgian restaurant. Under the um, bar. Is he asking for a wallet? Somewhere in San Francisco. Anyway, they had an incredible Belgian beer list and a ton of sours. And they're like, Matt, you like sours? Was it the Monk Place? Um, there's, a, there's a Belgian beer bar it's in two San Francisco. Levels. It was like upstairs where it's more just regular dining. And you go downstairs. This sounds like 21st Amendment. No, no, no. One, two, one, eight. That's another part. This is like okay. an older part of San Francisco. Well, it's all old, but anyway. <laughs> it looks old. Anyway, really um, cool place. Yeah. And so I, like, you like sours. Matt, what are sours? So we drank so many sours that I woke up with a bloody throat. Oh. Oh. And that's happened multiple times since. So I had to kind of ease that's off on my sour awesome. intake. Because I just, I love them so much. But yeah, they'll just wreck your GI tract. Um, I feel like we should uh, finish these and get more. Yeah. Okay. Man, um, I don't know what to think of yours. I like it, but I don't think I can drink a full. Cream Flanders? No, this is the. Oh, I'm at I'm at your mead. Oh, I already finished the mead. I I. uh... This one is the. Flanders Red, which now that I'm getting into it more, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I liked it a lot when I first had it, though. Hmm. Ah, but um, I think this is a good time to take a break and have a word from our sponsors. Yes. We have a sponsor. <laughs> My Alchemical Bromance is sponsored by Miskatonic Books. Miskatonic Books is an online bookstore that focuses on rare, limited edition, and custom-made books of the highest quality. They specialize in books on the occult, ceremonial magic, Freemasonry, Rosicrucianism, Hermeticism, and other topics of interest to you, our listeners. Check them out on the web at miskatonicbooks.com. And we're back. Um, we had a really, uh, we had a moment of really big excitement during the break where um, I met broke, Anthony. Yeah, I broke three glasses trying to return my taster trade back. Um, so what numbers did you pick? I chose four, mm-hmm. 15, 16, and 20. I, we have two that are the same. I chose four. Uh, 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. I'm super excited about 18. Bell's Mango Habanero Oberon. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Uh, but I guess that means we get to talk about Gozas. So, can you tell us a little bit about the style? I don't know a whole lot about 
goza and I usually don't drink them because they're so weak and um, I don't know a lot other than it's a German style low alcohol uh, slightly sour I think kettle soured and then uh, with salt yeah well Prost The tastes of the sea. It does. Yar. <laughs> My favorite Goza ever mm-hmm. is uh, made by Seven Seas. They're, they were at a gig harbor now they're in Tacoma. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's got coriander really? and sea salt. I mean, I, there's a little, there's there's definitely a, a, a hint of brine. Like, I don't want anybody the Seven Seas one to, this is, to think that it's like a brine monster. Right. Well, the one from Seven Seas is way more salty. Yeah. I, I like that one. Because this one is just a hint. It mm-hmm. adds like a nice little edgy bit to the mm-hmm. edge but overall it's a very smooth and almost boring beer Gozes, I think this is yeah. kind of why I don't get Gozas see uh, you need to I need to get you the uh, water chopper from Seven Seas that okay. Gozas are normally my favorite summer beer just hmm. go down easy refreshing but still there's something there but yeah this one's very uh, subtle yeah it is very subtle um so anyhow uh, listeners of the podcast I've got bad news which you probably already heard by now since this episode probably isn't coming out until september um there is no esoteric book conference this year uh that's because william of Ouroboros books opened a new store and uh apparently there's that was so much work that he decided not to do the book conference this year but it's going to happen next year so instead my alchemical bromance is going to host a my alchemical bromance micro conference um, which I think just means that we're going to hang out at Matt Anthony's place and maybe try to find some cool esotericists in, in Seattle to uh, interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe invite them out, like get them out. super loaded, and then leave them floating in Gig Harbor. Yeah. With some water wings. Do some ritual, brew a magical beer. Yeah, that would be fun. We should do, brew a magical beer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but oh yeah, we should talk about more esoteric stuff because we're mostly just talking about beer. Uh, uh, I guess, you know, we've got the tarot card. Com- oh, shit, I saw the tarot card. Did you? Yeah, but only the feet. <laughs> but you know it. I think so. Well, I'll, then I'll ask this, like, well, do you want to stay on the topic? Of, well, should we look you at You were it? talking earlier about yeah. the uh, kind of the green path stuff I was talking about yeah. earlier and how you were lamenting the fact that even though you took it for granted growing up, you're starting to miss that connection. Now. Oh, I miss it a lot. Yeah, it, and it, it bugs me, you know, um, because I love Portland and I don't want to own a car. Mm-hmm. And combined, those three elements combined, like the fact that I love living in Portland, um, I don't want to own a car. Uh, I don't want to make enough money to be able to rent a car anytime I want to go out and live in the woods or whatever. Uh, but I miss nature so much like that combination i don't understand how that even works in the modern world because like there's there's no um there's no in between that i can see there that doesn't involve an automobile or leaving portland even if i leave portland if you don't live in a city you have to have a car yeah so i basically have to get a car or be stuck with this like nature free longing that hurts how's that how's that fair isn't that ironic? Because cars destroy nature. Yes. Ah, uh, that sucks. What what did we do to ourselves? But at Should least you worse. Even though you're carless, you're still nature adjacent. Nature adjacent. 
<laughs> Which is a good thing because in Oklahoma, I had the car and I had the means. But you weren't nature adjacent? I had no nature. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's true. That's true. I guess I am nature adjacent. Yeah, I um, and I know that like one, one really good solution would be to, because I have friends who do outdoor stuff all the time, and glomming onto them and making sure that, that I get invitations to do these sorts of things or that I can at least force myself upon my friends for uh, nature excursions um, is probably a good solution. Or I guess another good solution is I could like date somebody who has a car. Yes. Except there's the whole dating thing, which is... <laughs> <laughs> you can always take the train up and uh, go do nature stuff with me. Yeah, I could. I could. I would love to do that, actually. And that, I think we, are, we will, for our micro-conference... Do a little hike. How would we... Maybe we should try a live episode for our micro-conference. Yeah. Is we that live possible? Streaming? Yeah, we can absolutely yeah. do that. Through we uh, get YouTube any, or... I bet we would get, like, two listeners. At least. Maybe three. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) 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 (sighs) All right. I just finished that beer and didn't even really talk about it. Oh, we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit. Okay, so my next beer... Are we both on the back page? Yes. The The back 12? Or back 10? My next beer is Bell's Mango Habanero Oberon, which has so many things in it that I like. First of all, Bell's, like, who doesn't love Bell's? We're Mm -hmm. Americans. There's a Liberty Bell. Um, There's, you know, Bell's in general sound cool. And there's crazy Larry Bell who owns Bell's Brewing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's Bell's Brewing. (laughs) (laughs) Mango, which is maybe the most delicious of all tropical fruits. Habanero, which is the most amazing of all peppers because it has a lovely balance between spice and flavor. And Oberon, who's like king of the fairies. Yeah. Steel Caesar and chicken. I just hope the beer is good. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I want to try a of yours before I jump into mine. Yeah. Me too. Because I had to go... I've had the next two beers before, but I had to come back to them. Because it's Russian River. Russian River's amazing. This is... This is a thing of beauty. This is, this is a piece of art. The habanero is... Spicy. But not overpowering. Ooh. The mango just sort of sits in... The, there's not a lot of residual sweetness at all. Um, and it's got like a great body to it. I was about to comment on the body. It's not a. It's a very thin body. What do you think it has? Not a thin in a negative, body? but not in a negative way. I feel like it has more substance than I was expecting. For like something with weed, I was expecting. Oh, it's more. a wheat beer, right? Yeah, yeah, it is thin for a wheat beer. You're right. Let's say that's true. But not in a negative way. <laughs> I like mm. that. That's really that's good. good. That's like a. That's a. I'd drink a pint of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would probably. I'm sure these things make you piss fire later, but. <laughs> and I am on to Russian River Consecration from 2014. Oh, you were gonna look. You've had this. Oh one. yeah. Oh yeah. This is a classic. If you like yeah. sour beers, you've had Consecration. But this is. But I had to. This is three years old. Yeah. So maybe. It's always it's, good to check back in with. Yeah, old, old old friends. <laughs> it's probably mellowed out. 
It has been. It's changed a lot. Wait, wait. Let, oh, hold on. Let me um... Wow. That's not how I remember that beer at all. Oh, that is... Um... It's like all the sweet back end has completely dropped away. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It tastes mellower. It's a little mm -hmm. more mellow. The sourness is hot. Like mm -hmm. the sourness is really yeah, kind of heat burning in heat in the sour. And maybe it just washed some of the habanero into our throats. But oh yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's delicious. Actually, I think it mellowed and aged really well. It did. Uh, listeners, if you have a bottle of um, 2014 Russian River Consecration, I think it's a good time to drink it. I would say, especially if you invite me over. And if you only have one bottle, I'd say go and drink it now because it's probably peaking. Mm-hmm. I in your closet at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's a baby. I didn't see this one with huckleberries. Huckleberries? Oh, I was certain you were going to get that. I had a, I'd seen the huckleberries, I would have gotten it. Um, yeah, that's funny because I looked at it and I was like, should I get that? Oh, Matt's going to get that one. <laughs> it's got huckleberries. We can uh, brew a beer with huckleberries. I've got so many huckleberries growing. Let's, let's, do, let's do a huckleberry beer. Let's make the... the... also realize I have wild blueberries and wild blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries. Are we going to call oh. our beer... My alchemical brewmance. Yes. <laughs> I thought you had a name for it earlier, like uh, amazing, most amazing beer in the world, or the most amazing beer in the world. Yeah. That sounds like a good name for a beer. <laughs> mm. So, um, where we are at Belmont Station is just a couple blocks away from the Multnomah County Friends meeting. Uh, the Friends of the Quakers. And I went to one of their meetings a couple months ago with a, with a friend of mine. And it is a really intense, well, intense isn't the right word for it. It's a really incredibly peaceful experience. So I don't know if you know anything about Quakers, but their meetings involve uh, silent sitting. So they all get together in, the, in, in their meeting room and they sit all facing the center of the room. They kind of lower the lights and everybody sits quietly for an hour. Um, if anybody in the meeting has uh, a thought rise up, what do, they, they call it? what do they call it? If they have a thought that rises to the level of ministry, they stand and share it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the meeting, the way you know that the hour is up, you don't get to decide yourself that the hour is up, but one of the elders will, so, so there are elders in the Quaker community, I, I don't know how they decide who an elder is, probably just people who have been there forever, um, turns to the person next to them and says good morning and greets them. And that's how the silent period ends, with everybody saying hello to each other. It's really, really intense. Wow. Um, there's no Jesus talk. There's no, like, religious conversation at all. Um, apparently, that... 
Has it always been a part of their practice? The silent sitting? Yeah. I think so, but there are two different... Well, so there's a, so Quakerism has branched off into bunches of different uh, varieties, but there are two different sorts of Quaker meetings. Um, I think they call them structured and unstructured, or... I can't remember the exact terminology, but, but there is a branch of Quakerism that is far more uh, heavy on the Christian side of it. But the branch that that is... There's, there's more than one Quaker meeting in Portland, of course, but the one that is here is um, almost non-denominational. It's not really non-denominational, but it's but apparently they've done like surveys and um, a lot of members of this particular branch of Quakerism don't even identify as Christian. Um, so it's just a really fascinating opportunity to sit quietly in a room a bunch of other people and it was strange for me because you know I have a regular meditation practice mm -hmm. but um, it's weird to think of it in silent sitting being part of a traditional Western practice no that's normal well, silent sitting is meditation you know I mean that's well, right but in a Western practice, like a Western, in, Christ, Western Christian tradition yeah although although uh, monastic meditation a lot of times involves silent sitting so I don't know that it's super weird in that sense I think that the weirdest thing for me was to see so many people doing it because it was packed there were probably I would say there were probably almost 50 people in the room hmm. sitting silently all at once um, but it was hard for me uh, to because that sort of passive meditation where you don't do anything where you just sit silently like I can do it for a little while but I don't want to like to me I'm sort of like okay I know I can sit silent well maybe I can't sit silent maybe that's the problem but but I, I was totally like oh I should be using this for inner work so I started working on like you know a memory palace that I've been wanting to build and like all this sort of stuff and I started just sort of working in my mind on things um, so I'm not even sure I would have left room for something to rise to the level of ministry or whatever they called it, but it was uh, it was still a really fascinating experience. I do I want to try it again. I just for some reason have not made the time to do it. Huh. Uh, what's your number three? Uh, it is Russian River Temptation again from 2014. My number three is Diranka Double X Bitter. Uh, aggressively brewed to be the hoppiest in Belgium. Oh, oh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> it's 50 IBU. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got a hoppy smell, and, and it's like hops and soap. <laughs> this uh, temptation is not drinking a whole lot different from the last time I had it, it's a little drier. Yeah. Belgians do wrong with hops, all in one beer. <laughs> I'll try it. There's sourness, there's soapiness, there's yuckiness. It's yeah. kind of like, what nope. the fuck did they do to that beer? Yeah, we'll just soap. Soap, soap, soap. Uh, mm. hmm. Here, nope. you want to trade? No. Come on. Nope. You can drink, though. All right, I'll have a taste. Oh, God, that's so bad. Yeah, I wouldn't even finish the sampler. No, that's good. Oh, yeah. That's delicious. Um, 
Oh wow. Russian River can't make a bad beer. That might even be better than the than the 2014 consecration. It is. Like I said, I oh, think, it's I think so the bright. consecration, the 2014 is peak. I think it's Yeah. Drink it now. Okay. Drink it now. You hear us, everybody? Drink it now. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast in a month and a half, it's already too late. <laughs> Someone in the future, someone in 2021 is going to be listening to this. Yeah. Like, you're a lion jerk. It's drinking better than ever right now. Mmm. <laughs> Man, I don't want to drink my number three. It was really bad. Don't drink it then. Mm, but what about your OCD? Oh, if it's not good, you don't have to finish it. But Oh, oh there's a, that's a new rule. Yeah. They only have so much liver capacity. If it's not, if it's not worth drinking, then. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Plus, we have a meeting tonight. Are you gonna go to that? Are you not? I was. I mean, I. I don't, I don't really. Have to. You don't really have to. Are you in the degree? No. Oh, is there a degree tonight? No, it's a practice. That's all the night is. There's not a stated. You guys dark. go dark in the. Yeah. Weren't you there? <laughs> No, I wasn't able to go last week because it was the, yeah, we're, the quarterly. Last we're dark. Week. We're dark. So instead, we can go out and have a. a, a we can go someplace cool for dinner. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> I brought my suit down and everything. We're not going to just. But I was bummed because I forgot my apron case. Yeah, that's so okay. Like, you're you're cool. There's no meeting tonight. Part of me said like, I wonder if they're dark in July. There was a memory that said, "You are," but. Yeah, everybody in Oregon goes dark, and well, not everybody, but ninety percent of the lodges in Oregon go dark in July and August. Okay. And Esoterica, of course, goes dark in July and August because we all dress in black all the time. And so August wants... as well, you say? Yeah, July and August for dark. Okay. You should still come down. No, you don't. You don't have to. I don't even think I'm going to be here that week. I'll be in Alaska, I think. Oh, that sounds really nice. Third week? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be in the desert that week. Because there's no, the I'll be eclipse. Here. No, yeah, I'll be flying to Alaska the day of the eclipse. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude. There are so many things happening while we're going to be in Alaska that we didn't know at the time when we booked the trip. The eclipse. You know that if you're in the plane where the eclipse happens, it's going to blow up. Oh, yeah. There'll be like a massive EMP. Oh, yeah. Everything's totally. Going to Everything's going to, that's going to go really poorly. So for those of you listening to the podcast, this might be the last episode you can hear about Anthony on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be yeah. somewhere on the Aleutian Islands. Yeah. <laughs> Cannibals will get you. <laughs> no, but we're going out to uh, Catherine Creek. Mm. Um, some friends and I, we're going to go camping way, way, way out in eastern Oregon. Nice. Very excited about it. And then the weekend after is my uh, family, my dad and my brother, our annual backpacking trip. But we're taking my brother's kids this time, so it's probably going to be more like a car camping trip. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's a lot of kid. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm. I really don't want to wait for you. I really want to get on to this next. I'm beer. before. I have the same beer. Okay, twenty. Yeah, the uh... Santiam Pirate Stout. Uh, I don't know what this is going to be like. Uh, Santiam Brewery must be out near Bend somewhere. A Santiam a place in Oregon? It is a place. In, it's a river in Oregon. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know that there are probably people at Oregon who haven't heard of the Santiam River, so it's okay. Don't worry. There's a lot of you. Um, yeah, but 
it's dark. It's got a great looking stout head. You can see I, I've got like the crest where the head is sort of like diminished, and it left behind this like darker nice. brown ring of stout crest. I wonder if it's some kind of uh, whatever from the barrel. That's what drew me to it. Is that it's yeah. aged in rum barrels. <gasps> oh my god, I'm so excited about this. Oh, it smells like a rum barrel. Mm. It smells like rum in a barrel. Vanilla. Like, and coffee or some other flavor that I don't... Mm. this beer owned a car, I would marry it. <laughs> this beer would totally take you to nature. <laughs> oh, that is delicious. Alright, I gotta jump forward to it then. Okay. By jumping forward, he meant like, I gotta oh. shoot this last beer. <laughs> and I'm gonna be smelling this. With a beer like this, like a really good barrel aged beer, I'll spend two or three minutes oh, it's, smelling it's incredible. before I drink it. Yeah. There's, there's so many things to pull out of there. So tell us, tell us what you smell. Describe it. Rum, but also the really cool um, coconut scent and flavor you get from uh, a lot of barrel-aged beers, rum and bourbon barrels a lot. If they're aged mm -hmm. properly, you get this coconut flavor. I also call it like uh, the oil in the bottom of a bag of Lay's chips. It's that same kind of taste and smell. Or uh, coconut -y. yeah. Okay. What else? Little, just a hint of chocolate, obviously. Vanilla. Man, that coconut flavor, that but coconut smell of... is uh, is really strong. It's it's that sort of it's a sort of a toasty coconut. Mm -hmm. Toasted coconut, vanilla. Oh man, it smells phenomenal. And and definitely like chocolate beans, like cocoa, mm -hmm. like. On a, and. Hmm. Wow, but the taste was not as expecting. It's the description's accurate. It said uh, it starts out as a tropical export style, and it definitely tastes like an export style. It's but I was just from the nose, I was thinking is the export stouts are kind of dry. -ish. Well, for the smell, I thought it was going to be on the opposite. I thought it was going to be sweeter tasting based off the the nose. I really, because it tastes pretty sweet to me. But but hot. I just also it's came also off hot. Of the, yeah. I didn't read that. I tried not to read that. Um, mm. Oh, and the finish. The finish has like this great sort of like dark chocolate first cup of coffee in the morning. Mm. Bitter flavor in the back of the throat sort of feel. That's really nice. That's a great beer. I like that one a lot. Coconut all the way through. Nose, taste, yeah. finish. And a good... I love but, it. I mean, oddly enough, you know, whereas with the, uh, with the, with the, uh, the Nectar Creek Mango Sour Mead... I was a little annoyed at the coconut flavor. Yeah. I thought that it was a little out of place. In this one, it fits really well. Oh, absolutely. It fits like like rum and coke fit together. Oh. Yeah. It's like OJ's glove. It's a... <laughs> what? Did OJ's glove actually fit? Wait, no, it didn't. <laughs> no, hops in Belgium fit like OJ's glove. <laughs> that is really nice. Yeah, I really like that a lot. That's really good. Hmm. We just spent all. We mostly talked about beer in this one. No, we can keep talking now. That's true. 
I had a thought and I lost it. It was pulling us back to the hysteric. Oh, I want to hear, but I do want to hear um, one more beer thing. Uh, there were, you were describing two different types of sour brewing. One of them was kettle sour, and the other one was using actual bacteria. So, what is kettle sour? Well, traditionally, oh, back, we'll work back towards that. Okay. So, traditionally, sour beer, a lot of people get like uh, bread beers and sour beers mixed up. They think bread beers are sour. Bread beers like aren't me. sour. They're funky. Okay. Sour, the actual sour character comes from. Well, I'll back up even more. Bread beers can get a little tart and feel sour-esque, but a real sour has bugs in it. It has not yeast, which bread is a yeast. Uh-huh. It has bacteria, which would be lacto, PEO. Um, and so traditionally sour beers have the bacteria in it. But a lot of brewers have found a quick way to make sour is a kettle sour, which is where you make beer like you normally would, you do uh, your mash, you transfer into the kettle, mm-hmm. but instead of going ahead and starting the boil, you let the beer sit there for like a day or two. And lacto, some people will actually inoculate with lacto uh-huh. and let it sour or let it inoculate naturally. And it will sour in the kettle and you boil it and it stops, it kills that bug. So you're not going to have to worry about contamination later in the pipeline. But it's a quick way to make a sour. They're really good beers, but most brewers making a sour now aren't making a traditional old way. They're quick sours and mm-hmm. kettle sour. I'm sure there's someone wringing their hands right now saying, actually, it's not like... But well, then hopefully my... those, then, then we sh- they should send us a message. Mm-hmm. If you disagree with Matt Anthony's description of quick sours and kettle sours... Send uh, your complaints to... Yeah. The real Papa John. Bury your complaints uh, um, uh, in a uh, jar sanctified to mercury in the backyard, yes. and uh, the mild chemical bromance uh, feedback gnomes yeah. will dig it up. And uh, I am I am not hating on kettle sours at all. That's not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. I, there is a, to me, there is a difference in complexity between a kettle sour beer versus beer soured the traditional way, aging for months to years on an end. God, I, li- I really like this stuff. It makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Um, Alright, are we ready for the tarot card? Sure, let's dig in. Because we can keep going even after we... Or do we wait? Do you want to make a drum roll? And our tarot card is... The Ten of Cups. Uh, if this doesn't describe what we did today, I don't know what does. <laughs> Uh, we both had nearly ten little cups worth of beer. Um, so, all right, so so I'll talk a little about, bit about this card. Um, cups are associated with the element water, which is the uh, which is the emotional realm. And the ten of cups is about emotional fulfillment and happiness. We did talk about that a lot mm-hmm. with the with the nature stuff. Um, we talked about it a little bit with like the Quaker thing, um, but even more in the physical realm, like the Ten of Cups is sort of like drinking a ton of things out of cups, and those cups and these cups look very similar, don't they? It's a similar shape. They do. I think that we did a good job. I think our tarot card reflected what we did today. Yay, reverse Mancy. Yay, reverse Mancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. I think we should finish this episode at another brewery. That sounds good to me. Or at a brewery. 
I'm down. Maybe we can go to Cascade Barrel. Ooh. Who wants to have their throat bleed? We're going to go make our throats bleed. We will see you in a second. Thank you for listening to My Alchemical Bromance. You can find us on the web at myalchemicalbromance.com. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Podcast Addict or anything of that nature. Tune in next time. And that's it. Bye. Good night. I'm not going to